On today's episode of Up in the Air, we bring on one of my best friends from college. We both went to UCSB together all four years, pretty much lived with each other all four years. After college, he went to work for Deloitte in San Francisco as a consultant, and now he has transitioned into a new role with a startup called Rike, dealing with their strategy and operations. Everybody, Nick Rogo. Welcome, everybody, to Up in the Air, episode three, bringing on, as I mentioned in the intro, Nick Rocco. What's up, man? What do you, what's the situation like? What's your quarantine like in the city by the bay? What is up, Al? Happy to be here, man. Happy to be here. <laughs> um, my situation in the bay. I mean, it's a weird time. Um there's uh there's people out so i'm sitting like near the window right now um and looking outside and there's a few people people are walking their dogs but everybody's got masks on i think like as of yesterday you're mandated to wear masks and if you don't i don't know i don't know if they can ticket you or something but it's uh it's pretty serious man it's still pretty serious over here. Yeah, it's it's so weird. And, and you and I had talked, you know, kind of before this about, you know, oh, maybe it'll go away in a couple of weeks. And, you know, I've been doing this for the last, you know, three weeks now. And everybody I talk to, it's like so much happens in between my initial conversations about this with them. And then when I catch up with somebody about what their situation is. And I thought with you being in San Francisco with an area that's so densely populated, I thought it was going to get really nasty over there. But it sounds like whether that be Governor Newsom or whether that just be the way people are acting, it seems like things have really sort of calmed down, I guess you could say. But I don't know. I can tell you here, people are pretty smart about it, but it's hard to get everyone to stay inside this long, especially if you're living in an apartment, you don't have a house. I mean, I'm stuck in an apartment. I don't have much room. I don't have a backyard. You know, I don't really have a place to hang out besides my living room and my kitchen. And even then, it's not much space. So it's... It's kind of cabin fever right now. Yeah, like I, we were just—I was just talking about this last night with some folks. Um, like I, for whatever reason, I—I I just hardly read the news anymore, and I don't know if, like, it's just subconsciously me just like wanting a disconnect from all of this, and like because I want to disconnect, I don't want to like flood my mind with even more of all this stuff that's going on. And so I like have sort of just like stopped reading the news. Like I don't go to the sites that I normally go to to read my news. And like, I have some like daily newsletters that I get like business ones or tech ones, or whatever it is. And like, even those I've just like stopped reading. So it's not even just like the macro stuff. It's just like the stuff that just anything really, I've just sort of like lost interest in it. And maybe it's because, like, I think I'm just on overload with it all at the moment. And so it's, like, a little bit therapeutic almost to just, like, not listen to any of this stuff. And, like, obviously it comes up in conversations and, like, every single call that you have at work starts with, how's, like, how's it going over there? Yeah. Like, grocery stores? How's the quarantine, the quarantine life? Am I right? Yeah. Like, like. Well, you know, well, like, we have the room if it goes over. <laughs> like, stupid stuff. <laughs> stupid stuff like that. And, like, I don't know. So, I've just, like, I don't know. Maybe I've, I haven't been as, as good with keeping up on it, but maybe that's on purpose. You know, I'm just kind of, like, this is going to happen, and it's going to blow over, and it's really shitty, but we just need to, like, I don't know. 
need to do better about like not freaking out about it. No, and, and it's, I don't know. it's weird because when it started, obviously I'm working and I have the last basically three years worked at a news station. So I'm surrounded by televisions all the time. I'm constantly yeah. hearing all these things. And I do think it's important to be informed and I do think it's it's vital, you know, to your understanding of yeah. your surroundings or your city or whatever to, to know what's going on. But there becomes a point where it's like, oh my God, like I can't really take this anymore because it's not good for your yeah. health. And these television stations for rating purposes, for viewership, they're going to blow some things out of proportion because they want you to tune in and they want you to stay there. So I get it. Like it, it's all part of the business strategy. But at the end of the day, it's like, you need to disconnect and just go out and walk around. And when this thing started, I mean, I viewed it as two ways. Like you can either roll up in a ball and be afraid in the corner and wait for this to subside, or you can say, all right, this is a challenge presented not just for me, but for everybody else out there. And I can use it as a growth period maybe to do things I've never done before or talk to people I haven't talked to in a long time. And I mean, what we did last night, like you organized a Zoom call with basically who we lived with sophomore year of college and I hadn't talked to Cam in what, like maybe a year and a half, two years. Hadn't seen Drew in forever. So it's like it's kind of forcing people, I think, to think outside the box a little bit and and do things that maybe they wouldn't have thought to do before. So there is some good to come out of it. But at the end of the day, it's like, God, I am so tired of this. Yeah, like we never would have done that in normal circumstances. Like it it just – the nobody would have – been able to have the time like schedules are impossible nowadays and like that's one part that I think that's good coming out of this is like I feel like recently like it's been harder to sort of balance friends and family and work and your health and you sort of have these decisions that you need to make of what you're going to prioritize and like for me work has been sort of the the top priority um and so i've sort of let the others sort of you know fall to the bottom and i would say this whole staying at home thing has been helpful for those those last three because i've been able to reconnect connect with folks like we did last night that i just like would have never come across in my normal day-to-day hustle if you know, if this wasn't happening. So that's, yeah, I agree. There's one positive there. Yeah. And and I do think what's going to happen in in some of the stuff I've read is they really think that even when they start to open up the country again, you know, and it's this phase one, two, and three habits are going to be formed during this time that people will probably take with them for maybe years to come. Like we might be doing more zoom calls as groups. We might be more conscientious when we go to the grocery store to like wash our hands maybe handshakes will become a thing of the past like there are things that we did every day and took for granted that might not happen anymore so it's weird it's like i think culture is going to change habits are going to change yeah and and it's going to affect us for like decades to come but or (laughs) people are like all right let's say they open the bars back like how crazy is it going to be when they do open the bars again like there's going to be a flood of people and people are going to go batshit crazy so you kind of have to be careful it's like all right like phase one all right what are you going to really allow people to do otherwise it's going to be freaking pandemonium so i i'm a little scared for that it's like how people are going to act once they're free again yeah i think like the longer term culture part that you just mentioned is 
going to be super interesting. Like the no handshakes thing, for example, like imagine being a kid right now who's just like coming in, I don't know, like you're whatever, 10, 11, 12, I don't know, where you're just like starting to learn like what being like social with adults is and like you're learning all your manners and maybe 10 is the wrong age, I don't know. But, you know, you're like learning, you're learning how to like sort of be an adult kind of quote unquote, like very early adult, like you don't have a job or anything and you're still in school, but like you're learning like the social norms of what are taught in this country, I guess, or, you know, just to be a human. And like, imagine for the next, like, let's say this goes on for the next two, three years. And like, really we say like it's mandated at a, a government level that handshakes are just, you're not supposed to do that. You're just, you just do like, I don't even know what you do as a substitute. Like, that's just such a weird culture shift. Like, I can't imagine meeting someone fresh for the brand, like, for the first time and not, like, immediately being like, oh, like, nice to meet you, like, and, and going to shake their hand. Like, it's such a, it's so embedded in your, in your DNA that, that, like, for, for kids or whomever it is now where they have to learn a different set of, like, rules of social engagement off the bat would just be like insane yeah like the quor- the quarantine era kids you know like the ones who came up yeah. it's weird because everyone's like oh millennials this and millennials that and generation z you bring a good point up because it's like there are kids right now that are going through puberty or maybe they're starting to learn you know how to really get outside their comfort zone and do things on their own i mean i remember before i had a, a license to drive me and my buddies would get on our bikes and go around and do whatever the hell we wanted and that was a way for us to kind of you know have our freedom or whatever but nowadays it's like you can't do any of that and i really noticed the shift it was right before the this really started to pick up speed so they had started kind of like the stay home order but they hadn't really had laid in all of these hey you can't go to bars anymore you can't do this you can't do that it was it was just starting and i had a meeting with three other guys And I always start the meeting off with shaking people's hands. And I was taught growing up, you know, my dad would always tell me, make sure you give the guy a firm handshake. You know, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm, That mm -hmm. sets the precedent for the conversation when you're meeting somebody. Like, that's always been very important to me to look somebody in the eye, shake their hand and introduce myself and remember their name. And here we are in a meeting and these guys don't want to shake my hand. And everybody's like, oh, do we fist bump? Like, what Mm -hmm. do we do? So it's like it completely changes it. And all of our guards were down after that where we all kind of looked at each other like shit should we even be having this meeting right now like we're not even willing to shake hands like should i sit on this side of the table and you guys sit over there it was just that was the first instance where i went wow like we are in a different ball game right now and you know and, and then you start your new job i mean you've been doing this what three months not even not even dude two months as of like yesterday and and you just started it and you're having to do this whole thing you know basically remotely so i'm sure it's weird and you're probably not able to form maybe the relationships that you thought at the beginning but you know when i moved out here i didn't think i'd be involved with this either so so explain to people kind of what you're doing day to day something i've asked with people on the show is like how are you combating this day to day like do you have a routine what's your your quarantine routine right now yeah um so yeah i started this new gig um about two months ago, I think almost exactly two months ago. Um, it is weird, dude. So I, I started two months ago and I think I 
was in the office for three weeks or three and a half weeks. And then this whole thing hit. Um, and so, yeah, it has, it has certainly been weird, like meeting new people. And, and as part of my job, I sort of have to touch like a lot of different teams and a lot of different groups. And so a meeting these people for the first time over zoom is weird. And then having to like work with them and push things forward over zoom for the first time is, is weird. So it's, it's been a weird shift. Uh, my, my routine, I, I try as best as I can to, to have a routine, at least in the morning, just to like get me going. And I've read that that's the best way to do it is to like get up, get dressed, like all like, you know, take a quick shower potentially or something and like, uh, get ready for work as I, as I kind of normally would. Obviously I'll always wear a t-shirt. I won't get like fully dressed up for work, but I try to at least do that in the morning. Um, and then I'll have breakfast and whatever it is, keep tea or co- coffee. Um, but I mean, that's sort of my routine. I, I will say it's been hard. Like in the past when I've worked from home and I've worked from home a lot, like even prior to this job, I would just sort of like wake up, roll out of bed and onto my computer. Um, and I found that having that routine of waking up, getting ready, putting real clothes on has helped, but it's still weird. Like, I don't know about you, but anytime I get up from my desk to, to purposefully take some time out of my day to go take a break, there's the, the desk will just draw you back in. I don't know what it is, but like you think of something as you're eating lunch, you set aside 20 minutes to go have lunch and seven minutes into you having lunch, you're like, Oh, like, let me just like jot one thought down or send one email and you go over to the computer. And next thing you know, like your 20 minutes is up and you haven't taken your break. It's just like a weird, that part I'm still struggling with and, and having to cope with like, you're allowed to like step away for a little bit because it just feels like there's no off switch anymore. No. And, and, you know, I'm in a situation where I wake up and the only thing I think about is work because there's not much else going on. And so there's a good and there's a bad to that. Like, you and I have always always talked about this. Like we really enjoy the balance between kind of your work life and then your just normal life. And and you need that that balance. It's great to have friends at work. It's great to be social with those people. But at the end of the day, if you start mixing the two too much, it it, it drives you insane. And with me, it's like I've woken up, I think about work. I stop working and then all I can think about is, okay, while I'm making dinner, is there anything that I need to do? Is there anything I need to write down or send another email? And it's just like, it completely has taken over my entire thought process. And it's all I think about. But you know, it's weird, because like, I don't have an office. And then I don't have a place to come home to like, I loved going to work, grinding it out there. And then you come home and you've got that separation. And I love waking up and getting ready in the morning and putting on nice clothes and I put on my my slacks and my dress shoes and there's a separation now it's like I'm wearing my normal clothes I bought a desk I didn't even have a freaking desk in this apartment oh you bought one I didn't even I had to buy I'm actually on it right now so people can't see obviously but I usually do this in my car because the acoustics are better (laughs) but I've put my desk out on my patio today and uh making it a little nicer to get some fresh air I've also poured myself a mimosa so um, strong. I don't know if you want to join in, but yeah, dude, I, I bought a desk. Uh, I brought my monitors from work here to just try and 
you know, give myself a couple screens to work with and have a mouse because working on a laptop compared to, you know, two screens and a mouse, it's a totally different ball game. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a weird position to be in. But I tell myself every day, like, it's not just me who's dealing with this. This is the world. Like, there is not one single person that isn't somehow impacted by this. So I can't feel sorry for myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, your point on the whole, like, work becoming just everywhere in the mind always is like totally rings true for me right now. And like, I, I don't think like it's a good thing and a bad thing. And it's a good thing because like, I feel like we were having this conversation last night. There's, have you heard of like the, the four burner theory? I don't know. Did we talk about four burner? It's like, no, I'm, I'm, have you have you heard of it before? I don't think it's so. No. Burner Explain. It's called. It's uh. It's it's like this theory that you have four burners in your life. The first is friends, family, work, and health. Those are your those are your four burners. And the theory is, in order to be successful, you have to let one of those burners go. Wow. And then you can be successful at at the other three. If you want to be really successful you can let two of those go and then you only have two left or you can take any strategy that falls in between. So you can, you could have all of them on, but you can't have all of them on at at high speed. You can have them at maybe half speed. So you'll only be committing, you know, half energy to each of them, but you'll have all of them. Um, and so this whole thing of like work being all consuming right now and like, literally last night after we hung up the phone with with drew and cam like the first thing i thought about was like dang like in two days it's monday (laughs) and like that's messed up because it was a friday night i know um so like i think it's good that work is like all consuming right now in the fact that where my four burners fall i think work is like pretty pretty blasting right now and so i'm happy that you know if i'm thinking about work all the time you know, that's sort of aligned to where I want to be like more broadly with this, with this burner theory. Right. But it's bad because I'm having a tough time disconnecting. Like you say, like last night I hang up and I'm like, crap, I have stuff to do. I woke up this morning and like, all I can think about is, is the projects that I have going on and like all of these things that need to happen on Monday. And then there's like a big presentation on Wednesday and then like a couple weeks later after that, we have to like do the thing. And like, I just have all of these just consuming thoughts and there's no way to disconnect. I don't know if, if the fact that I, I believe that the fact that we're isolated like this probably is just exacerbating the problem, but, and, but I, you know, there's probably some of it that's coming from the fact that I just started and I'm brand new and I'm trying to make good impressions and all this stuff. But the fact that I can't disconnect physically anymore definitely makes it worse, I think. No, 100%. And, and you know, you try to have the balance, but that balance was always really uh, predicated on literal physical location differences. Like, I've never understood the person who's like, yeah, I love working from home and I just want to work remotely. Like, I can't do that. And some people like corporate life or whatever, and they like, you know, the structures and things. It's, it's not so much that for me. It's just like I love the the fact that there's an office space. I can separate yeah. my mindset between the two, and I don't try and mix the two. Like 
people will go, oh my God, you're yeah. so serious at work. And why do you always look like, I kind of have like a resting bitch face, I guess. And, nice. <laughs> and people are Good like, work. well, why do you look so serious? I'm like, cause I'm at work. Like I care about this, you know? But now it's like, I'm at home and I'm like this. And Delaney, my girlfriend's like, why do you, are you okay? Like, are you upset? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm just trying to separate myself from just feeling like I'm at home, you know, just hanging out and then actually working. So it's, it's super weird, and the days roll into each other, and the separation between the week and the weekend is really not there anymore. Oh, yeah. But your burner theory thing is – I love that because I just had this conversation with Delaney, um, for those who don't know, my, my girlfriend, and I said, you know, over the years, like, I've always worked hard. I've always been focused, but I've spent a lot of time focused on friends. Like, I've had some of the same friends since I was, you know, in elementary school. I've obviously got you and the guys from college and – I think it's great that we have that. Like, that's super important. But I always go, mm-hmm. I wonder if I totally just disconnected from everybody, didn't have any of that going on, no socializing. Like, how far would I really get or would it be beneficial for me? And I've played that scenario in my head. Um, and that's kind of why I moved out here. It was like, all right, I'm going to move out here. And people are like, oh, well, you don't know anyone there. I said, exactly. Like I'm coming into a mm-hmm, fresh mm-hmm. new scene here and I'm going to be focused. And it, and it was beneficial in the beginning. I think it, it makes you do a lot of soul searching, you kind of figure out things that you're good at, you're not good at, you're living by yourself. But I do think it's important to have the friends. But if you were to, to let go of one of those things, you certainly could extend your career or maybe you could do things that are more beneficial. But what does that do to you in the long run? What, what yeah, burners yeah. right now do you think – like, is there a burner you think you could shut off? Yeah, dude. Like, and I've been, like, I, I, went, I read an article about this, and, like, I haven't been able to, like, fully, <laughs> like, I've sort of, like, put that framework into, like, everything into my, into the days now. <laughs> you can all, you, you can cut it any way you want. Like, at the day level, you can cut it, like, for 2020, what is my four burners going to look like? Um, uh, I think, uh I, I'd like to not cut any of them. Um, I think that would be my strategy is not to cut any of them. Um, I, I think, as I said, the work one is like flaring right now. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to balance the other three. Um, but I don't know if I'm doing a great job at it, to be honest. And it's tough, man. Like, these things switch. Like school was not that long ago, right? Like school was three years ago. Yeah, not three even. years ago. The burners that we had look way different than they did than they do now. Like we had our friends and our family and our health like on. Probably our friends at the most. Like that was our life. Was our friends. Oh yeah. And and then we'd like go work out and then like go do something and we do more stuff outdoors for health and then come back and like hang out and drink with our friends and then like call our parents like every other day and work was like, I guess we can call that school. It was like, you know, nearing senior year, like school was like, eh, you know, we're just, we're getting by at this point. You did what you had to um, do, but it wasn't like a primary focus. And that sounds yeah. terrible. Like obviously my focus was on getting a degree, but I felt like we always kind of did what we needed to do but yeah. could we have gone the extra mile, you know, a couple times? Yeah. Sure. But we were like, oh, you know, I'm going to get this done and then let's go back and play beard eye. <laughs> it's stupid. Yeah, exactly. But like I think that... about that all the time. I was like, should we, oh, man, like I reflect now on it and I'm like, 
what if we allocated just like 20% more <laughs> out of our friends one and like put it back into like having some sort of side something but <laughs> here we are baby. yeah you know and and i think things turned out well and what i always tell people i'm like yeah i've always been very fortunate with my friend group and and you know those are you know i don't have any brothers obviously so you know i just it's me and my sister and she's on the other side of the country so i've always been super close with my friends and i'm very loyal and i and i've got an allegiance to them and they help me out i help them out that's great i think that's super important because at the end of the day like when it's all said and done and we're old and decrepit and whatever that's going to matter a lot more so i've always mm-hmm. tried really hard to focus in on that but i do have those moments where it's like even before we joined the fraternity i think we were more focused and when i got to college it was like i'm going to spend all my time on the radio i'm going to be a reporter yeah. and i'm going to do everything possible and then you get into it and you're like, wait, should I spend a little bit more time socializing because we're at an age where that's super important right now and I won't get this chance again? And you play that game mm-hmm. in your head. So I always look back and I'm like, what if I didn't join the fraternity and I just focused all my time and energy on the journalism and the radio? But, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, it's like I wouldn't have the good friends that I have. So I think you can always play the what if game, but I think yeah. I think this time, this isolation is is really forcing us to focus in on where your priorities are. So maybe that's a good thing. It's like a blessing in disguise. I, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I don't, uh, I'm not sure either, man. I'm struggling trying to figure out exactly how they're falling right now. Um, but I, I think as an aside, I think you, if I can just like think of where we've like, whatever, three years ago to now, I think you've probably done the best job I can think of like managing those four burners, at least just like (laughs) from my outside perspective. (laughs) Like I, I think, I don't know. I don't know how you do it, but I think you are pretty good at managing them all. Like, I feel like you put in the effort to talk to your friends and you, uh, you know, you are very loyal, like you say, and, and you're there for your family and you like, keep up with your health and you still like grind to work. I don't know. I don't know how you do it, man, but I think you're one of the better ones I can think of actually. Well, thanks. Like I, we have friends <laughs> that, Hey, you're welcome. We have friends that I think like just built into them aren't the best at managing that, like myself included. Um, but I think you're, uh, yeah, I think you've, you've, you've got a good grip on it. Well, well done. Well, I, I think a lot of it was like after college, I thought to myself, <laughs> okay, like, you should probably really focus in because what I realized was doing the whole sales thing. I can't make the best PowerPoint presentation. I'm not that good with Excel. Maybe I can't crunch the numbers the best. But I know for damn sure if you give me an opportunity to speak in front of people, I feel very confident about that. So for me, it was like I need to really sharpen my appearance, how I talk, how I present myself. So I started focusing on my health. And that may sound a bit like, I don't know, uh, superficial but i really was like okay you should look really presentable in a meeting at all times like do your hair shave your face and i started running a lot more and i lost weight and so for me it was like that was my tool to success and then i had i had had a good routine but i felt so comfortable in santa barbara the job was great i loved the job but i just felt like i had kind of hit the ceiling on it so then i get presented this opportunity to move out here and everything was great probably the happiest i've ever been during that April, May time. 
and then mm-hmm. giant curveball gets thrown, and we had talked about this last night. And so many more things have happened in my life probably in the last eight or nine months than I feel like happened in the totality of the 24 years before that. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, yeah. And so when you talk about balancing it, it was like I really tried hard to. So it's like I just moved out here, but then I've got to fly back home, you know, for my dad and his health concerns, and then my grandpa and his health concerns. And then it was super important for me to like, hey, I flew to LA and hung out with you guys. I flew to San Francisco and saw you guys. Like I knew I needed that personally to help me deal with everything and stay out here and do what I had to do but I do think probably the work has been affected by that just because you're trying to Mm -hmm. juggle everything but I didn't want to look back and be like well you know I didn't go to see my grandpa because of work like I couldn't have lived with myself if I did that so did I lose a lot of time and energy going back home for that sure but that was the right thing to do but I think now more than ever it's like I'm trying to balance everything and and you and I have always been, I think, good about it, and, and I think you have a good mindset. And I've never worried about what your plan is or what you're doing. Like, you, you've you got a really good head on you, and you can be focused, but it's hard, man. It's it's hard to manage everything. It's like, if you want to get somewhere, you got to give something up. And and how, how willing are you to get from point A to point B to give up all that stuff? And it's a question you have to ask yourself. Yeah, dude. It's... Um... It's a weird time right now. Like, it's weird. Like, this whole thing is just an interesting, like, I wonder if we're going to look back, like, 10 years from now and, like, h- how big of a stain <laughs> this is going to be <laughs> on, on like, our mid-20s. If it even is. Like, or maybe we're going to look back and be like, that was crazy. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I actually think it's going to be more of that, the latter option. Like, I, I think we're going to look back 10 years from now and be like, wow, that thing was gnarly. Um, like, you know, I'm thankful that we were the age that we were and we were at the health levels that we were when all that happened. We weren't, we didn't really have to worry too much about ourselves. Obviously, there's a lot of worries we have to worry about with our family and, and everybody else around us. Um, but I think it's going to be this weird three-month blip in in the timeline that we look back 10 years from now and be like that was crazy but but and and i hope that's what it is um but it's weird dude a lot to juggle yeah it is and i think it's important to have these conversations with people because everybody's dealing with their own shit and everyone's trying to figure out how best to manage this it was interesting i i saw howard stern who's probably the best guy in radio and he can talk to anybody and he's got obviously Paul McCartney from the Beatles on, legend. And he, sure. he goes, "Have you seen?" So Paul, yeah, so Paul. And he's like, you know, Howard's like, "Have you seen anything like this?" And he's like, "The only thing I can remember that is remotely close to this is World War II." And he goes, oh. and he's like, and he goes, "I was of the era that we just came out of it. And everybody was so united. You know, the United States was together, and and the United Kingdom was together, and we had all kind of." rallied around this common enemy of the the third reich and you know there was positivity there was there was this notion of like country and nation and and togetherness and he's like i think what this is revealing is that there's a lot of good out there and so although things seem terrible and maybe you know the school shootings are awful murders are awful and and the drug use that happens or things like that but at the end of the day it's like look at all the good that's happening and just human spirit in general people donating money people going out of their way to feed healthcare workers like there is a lot of good that can come out of this and should so you can look at it like that too i guess 
All right, I think we lost Roko there for a second. Are you back now? We're back, man. We're back. Back and better than ever. So anyway, yeah, we were just talking about how, you know, the country can kind of come together on this and and maybe there's positivity and it kind of reveals the goodwill in people, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't suck. <laughs> yeah. Um you just gotta I don't know, you gotta keep a you gotta keep good out. You kinda have to like stay fun with it, like I've sort of realized over the last couple of days. And I think like it is becoming the new normal and I think like you say there's good stuff where at least for me, uh I live in San Francisco but I work in San Jose. Um and for all the California people out there, no, that's not a very short commute. So it's probably an hour and a half half hour 15 or hour and a half each way <laughs> um damn really so the beautiful part yeah i've the fastest i've done it one way is an hour so it's taken wow. me fastest in one day i've done it is two hours um it's a lot and so i had worked out a three day a week commute schedule with my new boss so i was going down there monday wednesday thursdays and obviously i was doing that for three and three and a half weeks like we said before all this started so this whole COVID thing has been a blessing and a curse uh, for me. I haven't had to do that. And <laughs> no I don't commute. Have to spend, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't have to spend like literally I was spending $60 on gas a week. Wow. Um, so that's been nice. Um, so I think you just have to like keep finding the silver linings as best you can. And I do think like if I were to think back, whatever, three weeks ago or whenever this whole thing started, I think that people are getting – starting to feel better about it maybe and even as i say that i'm a little bit skeptical about that statement because there's still a lot of frustration i think that people are feeling including myself where it's like like today for instance like i woke up and i knew i had this thing with you and it's a saturday morning beautiful it's getting sunny out here and there's just like you can go to the parks luckily the parks here in san francisco are still open and as i talk to all the people i talk to on work it, at work over Zoom. A lot of them live in Santa Monica where all of the beaches are closed. All of the parks are like fenced off. Really? Someone was telling me they're using the fences um, that they use for the LA Marathon. They've repurposed those, right, for, for now to actually block off the circumference of all of the parks and have blocked off the Santa Monica Pier for – that's been closed down for like a month now. Wow. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful that the parks in San Francisco, for whatever reason, are still open. Um, so we can at least go do that. But other than that, man, like we've just had to like come up with things to do. One thing I will say that we've done, which is pretty fun, which I would recommend all of you listeners out there to do, <laughs> uh, is uh, so um, we created a board game, okay? You created we, a board game. We created a board game. So everyone's let me let me let me give you the picture and how I, exactly how I pitched it to the. Is this like Shark here. Tank right now? So yeah. So who <laughs> do you want to be? You want to be Cuban? Yeah, I'll be. <laughs> okay. Uh, so like a lot of people are getting into arts and crafts right now. Like everybody's a lot of people are starting to draw and like taking this time as they should to like sort of tap into that like right brain I think it is or it's or it's the left I think it's the right is the more artistic side um and so people are like you know I'm gonna try drawing and I have all this free time let's see like what my artistic abilities are like um so people are doing that and then on the flip side a lot of people are also 
playing games right now. Like a lot of people are doing puzzles and like trying to keep them entertained, trying to keep themselves entertained with, you know, whatever sort of games. I don't know. Um, and so what if you could combine both of those two activities right now wow. and you can and you do it by you making your own board game. So one we did is super simple. Um, <laughs> it's sort of like shoots and ladders style. Um, okay, I'm, I'm so following. Super easy. So shoots and ladders, and each you know tile is is a little like fun game. And how you really make it fun is you make this board game a drinking game. You center it around alcohol. So every single tile is like a little game. So it's like. It could be like, you know, shoots like actual shoots and ladder style where it's like, you know, go forward two or like move back four or like um, what we did on ours is every time that you get to a ladder spot in order to take that ladder, however many like 10, you know, it's like a jump forward 10 steps or something with the ladder. In order to take the ladder, you have an option. Your option is either finish your drink to take the ladder or you just you can just take a sip of your drink and you don't get to take the ladder. Um, or you can do like, um, so one of the ones we have is called Spelling Bee. So if you land on Spelling Bee, um, you can pick on someone in the group and you say, okay, you have to spell this word. So you give someone a word to spell and if they spell it right, you have to drink. And if they spell it wrong, they have to drink. So like, you know, fun stuff like that just to like keep you uh keep, keep yourself keep your brain yeah. stimulated a little bit like gee. Yeah. so what was your uh, your sales last year what was your revenue <laughs> yeah so uh, <laughs> i think we need to, i think we can uh, I think uh we can, we'll, we'll talk offline we're working on on getting this uh, uploaded to retail stores right now but we're, we're just having a really tough time and, and yeah we're we, in some big box retailers so <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're mainly in boutiques right now, but you know we're uh, we're just kind of stuck, and, and we're looking for your guys' expertise. So yeah, we have a partnership with uh, Mini Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> we're looking for five percent, uh, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> I'd yeah, show kills me. You just well, do that's good. Like that. I don't know. Yeah, I uh, we Delaney and I have kind of done this thing on Zoom, where I don't know if it's a game we created or if this has probably existed for thousands of years just in human nature but our ancestors are yeah, playing this on yeah Zoom. the cave people but what you do is um you you and another person so it's usually like a four person game so you and another person on the other side of the the screen are partners and you have to guess what each other are saying but you put the mic on mute and then you hit go and then the losers have to drink so it's really simple but it can be funny because you can be talking and you might think they say something completely different and you have to say it out loud and it's hilarious. <laughs> so like they might say, I need to tie my shoe. And then you're sitting over like, you need to take a poo. So it's like you can <laughs> yeah. you could totally just like go off the, the hinges with it. But now, dude, I mean, we bought Scrabble uh, to play. Yeah. We, we bought I bought a chessboard trying to just, you know, keep myself focused a little bit i mean i even thought about buying one of those nintendo switches um yeah I dude I i've been I strongly considering that too. right i've heard it's like incredible and, and it's just super fun and it's not like the xbox or the ps4 where it's kind of like a, a a male-centered audience this is like family fun nintendo switch that's what nintendo does you know what i mean they're they're so good yeah. at that so i've i've considered those things but no nah, i mean it's just it's weird so here enough about the quarantine so yeah. why 
why did you leave Deloitte and move over to Reich? Yeah, Deloitte was great, man. And um, so coming out of school, Deloitte and the rest of the accounting firms are sort of in, spearheaded. Your, your recruiting process is centered around these folks. And um, it's mostly around the audit track, which is very accounting heavy. I was lucky enough to squeeze my way into the more consulting track. Um, but it, it's sort of like... Can you hear it? Okay. What was I think that? it's done. I think it's done. It's probably, the door is open. Are you probably burning the house down? Continue. They must have found my mixtape. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, uh, yeah, Deloitte kind of like, I feel like I've worked that, for that company since sophomore year, dude, seriously. Recruiting started sophomore year. Um, I like, came, they flew me up to San Francisco sophomore year and like, I did the, those like, leadership programs for three days in the summer and it was like, all expenses paid, put you in a hotel junior year you did the internship and you were their slave for eight weeks and um you know they paid you there too and then you finally get the full-time offer and you sign on um and i'm very thankful i was there for two and a half years and and what they tell you out of school is like you know consulting is a great place to start and you learn these skills and as you're there you kind of don't see it because you're just your your nose is to the grindstone and the things that you're doing and the skills that you're learning and like the frameworks and how to think um, are, are sort of just part of your everyday. And so you don't realize that they really are sort of these tools in your toolbox. Um, and so when I joined Reich two months ago, um, I'm, I'm seriously incredibly thankful for those two and a half years. And, and I can honestly say that everything that people say about consulting were it just teaches you how to think and like use the skill sets is 120% true. And I, I would not be able to have landed this job, nor would I have any idea how to even swim at this job had I not come from that background. And so I'm very thankful for it. Um, so I, so why did I leave? So, um, Ironically, one of the big reasons I left is because of the travel, and here I am traveling <laughs> three hours a day almost, every three days a week, um, but mostly because of the travel. Like I was, as you know, I was in, the way consulting works is, is you, it's a project-based work, and so you can be, you're sort of at the mercy for whatever project you get staffed on. You do have a little bit of say. Um, but a lot of it is very needs-based, and if there's a hole that needs to be filled and you're the one on the bench and available, you're going to get staffed on it. And so I was fortunate enough to have a couple projects in the Bay, one down in San Jose and then one out in East Bay. Um, but I had a long project for 11 to 12 months out in Houston, so I was doing that every week, Monday through Thursday commute in Houston. I was working from home on Fridays. Uh, on Sunday night, I'd pack up my bag again, fly out Monday morning, and then Thursday, I would get home late, work home from home Friday, and rinse and repeat and do the thing. So it was a lot um, that I think I was just ready to not do anymore. Thankfully, for this new job at Reich, I do have to you know drive a lot, but there's no flying anymore, at least um, as frequent as it was. Um, so I would say that's probably the main reason. And, and secondly, um, 
is I was ready to sort of like dig in a little bit. With consulting, you hop projects and you hop clients. And um, like I had a project out in the East Bay for six weeks, for six weeks. So I like got in, we landed, did all this work. You start to build relationships and then you give your recommendation and you're out of there. And then like you're onto a, a brand new thing. You don't really get to like drive anything home or see anything fully out. So I wanted to find a place where I could sink my teeth in and really focus on the key things and, and like, you know, you can see, you can see something from, from beginning to end and, and feel like, wow, okay. I was a part of that the whole way through. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, you don't always get to do that with, with Deloitte and I'm and Reich is, it's awesome, man. Like it's, it's, it's really cool. I'm incredibly challenged. The amount of growth I've had in the past two months, um, is, is shocking to even me. Like I, I thought leaving consulting was like, great, I have all this toolbox. Now let's just go like apply it. Maybe the learning will slow down a little bit, but if anything, the learning that I've had in these past two months has, has been accelerated with the new company. Wow. Because it's just a different, it's like a, it's just a different ball game. It's a total different ball game. And like, I'm able to like own some more things and, and touch all of the areas of the business and, and move it forward. And, um, it's really exciting. So I'm, I'm really happy with it right now. So how long did it take you from when you knew you wanted to do something else until you landed this job? Cause a lot of people, you know, are always asking that like, Oh, how did you find the job and how long did it take you? And how many interviews did you do? So what was your process like? Yeah. So I, um, so it is, what is today? April, April, what? It is April 18th. April 18th. So last November is probably when I started, um, looking. Um, and it was light at first because I wasn't like fully committed to leaving yet. So I was doing some very light LinkedIn browsing. Um, I was actually only sort of playing the inbound. Like you press this, what I call the magic button on LinkedIn and it, the, the magic button, you click it and it tells recruiters that look for you that you're open to opportunities. Yes. And this thing is phenomenal. Like it's really well done. Whoever built this algorithm in LinkedIn, kudos to you brother. Cause this thing's awesome. So you press it and like people hit you up, blah, blah, blah. Like 85% of it is just like stuff you don't really want to see, but you know, 10 to 15% of it is you know, you'll respond back and like, you might take a call or two. Um, and so right came up probably two months into that, like light LinkedIn browsing. And I sort of like had set a criteria for what I was looking for, the type of company I was looking for. I knew that I, so like when I think about switching for a company, switching jobs, I sort of pieced into like two things. It's, it's function and, uh, industry. So Function, I was I was nailed at. I knew I wanted to be something very high level, very strategic, um, probably a strategy role. The industry part is what I really had to nail down. And so I, I knew that I still wanted to be in tech. I wanted something smaller than the company I was at today. But with Deloitte, that's pretty much 99% of the field. And so the question was about how much smaller I wanted to go. Um, and I wanted to work at a startup. I wanted to have that startup feel but I didn't want to have the have to worry about 
job security or us not getting the next round of funding and then all of a sudden mm. my role is cut. And I know right. you and I have, have friends actually um, who have gone that road and they joined like a 15-person company uh, in sales and three months later their job was relocated and that's it. They're done. And so I wanted a nice balance between having the startup, smaller company, but I wanted it to be, I wanted them to have, you know, be secure and, and, and rocking. And so Reich um, is about at over a thousand employees at this point. Um, we have offices in like Dublin, Melbourne, um, Japan, worldwide offices. And so they sort of fit all of the criteria for me. And so I got a LinkedIn message. Um, had no idea, I hadn't even heard of the company, uh, did some research, ended up going through the whole the process for me was, was intense. I would say there was like two or three just screener interviews. And then I had another two, like, um, just phone interviews with the hiring manager. And then I had a case study sent to me and I had to present really? to the exec team. And then I had after I presented to the exec team at the office, I had an interview with the CEO was my last one. Wow. And then finally I finally I got it. So mine was like intense. Um, and to be honest with you, as I was going through it, I, I hadn't even fully really considered Reich. <laughs> and maybe that helped me in the long run because I was sort of like loosey-goosey with it. I was like, hey, if I get it, what the heck? Um, and then as I got deeper into the interviews, I sort of started to like the company more and more. Um, and, and that's how it happened. I will say that it happens very, very fast. And my roommate, Kev, who you know quite intimately, uh, <laughs> also just started a new job. And he's like, yeah, man, like I'm just starting to look. And I was like, dude, be careful. Like this train moves really quick. You're going to like all of a sudden find a company or two. And the next thing you know, you're in the final round. And then the <laughs> yeah. next thing you know, you have an offer. And you're like, okay, I'm literally going to be quitting this thing that I've known since I graduated college and moved to this completely new thing. Um, so it moves quick, man, but it's a good experience. Yeah, I, I always tell people, I'm like, you know, I tried so hard after college and, and still did for the two years after, even in Santa Barbara, of like trying to get something in journalism. And everybody knows it's incredibly saturated and competitive and it's really hard. You got to know the right yeah. people. I mean, you got to know the right people in any business, but this one more so than anything. And I had probably sent out 200 plus job applications and nothing. Yeah. I mean, no response. And then finally yeah. I was like, you know what? Is the problem you or is the problem just that it's way too competitive? So then I go, why don't you start applying for roles in what you're currently doing? So I work in media sales. So I start applying to media sales just to see what would happen. And the response was fast because the, yeah. they're always looking for new salespeople. And so I had a phone call with a guy in Seattle and he wanted like me to fly out there. And like, to your point, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like I was just looking and now I'm on the phone with someone who wants me to come out to Seattle and I've got to yeah. change my whole life. And you're just like, what? So sometimes when you least expect it or sometimes the things you, you don't really know if you want it or not end up working out and then boom, there you are. And yeah, I mean, you had visited me in August here and there was mm -hmm. no mention of right. Did you even know what Reich was? No, dude. I, I That's mean, so at that crazy. point, like I was just like, yeah, like I, like I think the attitude, at least in my group that I was at with Deloitte and consulting was like, it's just, there's a, there's a general feel that everyone's like, ah, like my project sucks. Like nobody's ever like, I love it here. <laughs> like <laughs> nobody's ever like, wow, just, this is, I'm learning so much. And like, 
the client is so nice and you know I'm just working 40 hours a week like the general sentiment is you know ugh, work is work like everything's everything's down the down the hole but um, no I hadn't even really started thinking about it Reich wasn't even anywhere near my radar at that point yeah that's so interesting yeah I mean when you had started to tell me about it and you and I had a phone call you know just talking about the company I was like wow this is awesome and I think I think to have that strategy and operations role, like you're saying, like it definitely keeps you on your toes from what it sounds like, but you're also thankful that you had all of that practice beforehand with Deloitte to come into this and feel like, okay, it's a challenge, but I'm not overwhelmed is what I'm hearing from you. Is that kind of how you feel with it? Yeah, I'm certainly overwhelmed, (laughs) but, (laughs) but I, I like, but that's good. Yeah. It's a good overwhelmed. I, I feel the best way I think I can put it is I just feel equipped to handle the things that I'm, I'm being thrown. Obviously there's some more like technical things that I'm picking up now. Like I don't know how to use like these like data tools that a lot of people use that Reich uses. And so I have like more technical things to pick up on. Um, but more generally, like I would not have been able to land this. I would not have been able to, to do the, the, case study and presentation that I had to do, I would not have been able to speak the way that I was able to in the interviews um, without having that, that training. And it didn't feel like formal training when I was there again, but like, I'm, I'm very thankful for it. And I'm, it's, 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 it was a, it was a blessing, I think. Yeah. No, it's definitely cool. Have you thought about or have they talked with you? I mean, you just started, obviously. But have you thought about, hey, like, what if I went to one of the other office locations just to get out a little more? Or is are you happy with where you're located? You know, being in the bay. You mean like like uh, like moving permanently offices? Yeah, like you mentioned, there's Melbourne and, and Dublin. Is there an office in the United States outside of San Francisco, San Jose area? Yes. So the main the HQ is in San Jose, and that's where all the execs sit. And then we have our like pretty big we have a pretty big uh office in san diego actually i was just there whatever a month ago um and then um yeah those are our two big ones here so i mean in the u.s would i leave here to go to san diego probably not at this point but and the other thing is i have to like this is just sort of where all the people that i need to work with are and so if I were to move like to Dublin or Melbourne, like the time zones would just be super hard yeah. with them. And so it hasn't really crossed my mind yet. But then again, all that's on my mind now is like trying to <laughs> stay afloat and not drown. So Right. And, you know, I think it's funny. It's like people get new jobs and then the first thing they start doing is thinking ahead like, okay, what would be next? And it's like, wait, 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 like, I just need to focus on the present and not get too far ahead of myself. And I always love when people ask me the question, so where do you see yourself in 10 years? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't, like, I have an ideal situation, you know, like, but if you would have interviewed me 10 years ago when I was 15, 16 years old and asked me, I wouldn't have told you anything that has happened. I, I had the mindset of like, I don't care how much money I make. I just want to do radio and that's that. And then I got yeah. to be 22 and I'm like, God, no, like I want to save up some money. I want to do this. I want to do that. And it, it's totally different. So I think yeah, what you're, you gotta, 
I think what you're involved with is certainly like, you know how you talk about what you did at Deloitte helps you with what you do now. Everything you're doing now is going to help you in any field, anywhere, because you're presented with these problems and you have to figure out how to solve them. And I think it's huge for you, honestly. Like it's huge growth period for sure. Yeah, man. It's it's it is good, and I am trying to look at the long term view too. But to sort of sum this whole thing up. I think it's just a time of recalibration, like you're saying. Like we're all, like all of us, you, me, like maybe it's people our age between like 22 and 26 or whatever it is. Like I think we're all just like recalibrating this thing. Like we're, we are chugging along like we know what we're doing. And like I feel like so much of it right now is fake until you make it, at least for me. <laughs> Dude, I feel and, that too. <laughs> uh, it's like we like we're just we like are you know, we have this job and like we might we got a first promotion and like you're hitting quotas and like you know, there's like these little milestones but but like we really don't know what the heck's going on. Like no. I don't I don't know. And like you think you have these like giant questions of where do you wanna be in ten years and like maybe you can take that a bunch of different ways. Where do I want to be in 10 years with my career? Where do I want to be in 10 years with my relationship? Mm. Where do I want to be in 10 years with, with like, just like physically, do I still want to be in the Bay? <laughs> I don't know. Do I want to be in the U S I don't know. Like yeah. there's so many ways you can think about it and it's so overwhelming, but you just have to like keep recalibrating and, and like, faking it till you make it dude it's it's a weird time in our lives i think no i think you've and i don't know it. if it gets better i don't know if it i don't know if it gets better who knows but i don't know it's uh it's funny it, it's it's great i think you hit the nail on the head it really is sort of this recalibration right now and it you know take it for what it is and the fact that we have the opportunity to sit here and talk like this and and brainstorm about these ideas and put those thoughts out there and then maybe 10 years from now be able to look back on this and what we thought and, and where we thought this was going, and maybe it's totally different, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's kind of cool, actually. So um, I, I think you've got a good mindset on it, and I think the outlook with a lot of us and our friends is pretty similar, but I just can't wait to get everyone back together and, and treat this thing like it never happened. <laughs> yeah, man. I uh, I think we'll get through it, dude. It's just... Uh... We gotta we gotta push through it. And, and uh, I don't even know what what push through it means. I don't know if it means like <laughs> surviving or if it means like trying to do more than surviving, but we just got to keep working, I guess. Uh, so I'll see you at Coachella in uh, October. Dude, <laughs> I freaking hope so. Though I'm hearing this thing's going to go till 2021. Like everyone's saying like, Oh, even 2022, we're going to have to social distance in, in springtime. I don't know. Who knows we'll, how this thing? We'll have our own little, uh, our own little Coachella then to bring a little back together. <laughs> all right, man. Well, I'll let you go. Uh, thank you for all the insight, and uh, I'll be talking to you soon, brother. Appreciate it, Dallas. It was fun, man. All Talk right, to man. you soon. Peace. Peace. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. That was Nick Rocco. If you like what you're hearing, you can like, share, and subscribe. If you want to hear more on Apple Podcast, thanks, guys. 